The holidays can be really challenging, especially after a breakup. Whether your breakup was last year or last week, navigating things while healing takes a lot out of us. This is why for the second year in a row, I am offering my special holiday coaching package. For a limited time discounted price, I am offering a 60-minute action planning call, a 30-minute follow-up call, which I don't normally do, unlimited email support, and check-ins via text. I know that you can enjoy the holidays and even start 2023 in a powerful way with your breakup further behind you. The package is only on sale until December 21st, so head to my IG to purchase and schedule time together now. The info is also in the show notes. And with that, on to the show. Welcome to X-Files Podcast, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Janice Formicella, a breakup coach passionate about supporting others to heal from their breakups, overcome loneliness, love being single, and see the end of a relationship as the beginning of a magical new chapter in life. I am here each week to share with you the tools that I have learned through my own painful breakups, through hitting rock bottom more than once, and through working with people all around the world to heal their broken hearts. If you are looking for hope and strength to move on from your breakup and resources to enjoy your new single life, you are in the right place and I've got your back. Welcome to another episode of X-Files, dear listeners. I am really excited, as I always am, for my episodes. I don't think I've ever done an X-Files episode that I wasn't excited about. Um, But I'm excited for a new reason today, and that is because I have another friend on as a guest co-host. Yay! Hello, Lena. How are you? Hello! Yay! (laughs) I'm stoked. Thank you. And I'm I'm so glad that you are here and I'm glad that you wanted to do this. Um, You know, people do sometimes ask to come on, but I know that you're actually a fan of the show and you're a close friend and you have such good insights. And so I was really excited about the possibility of creating content with you. So welcome to X-Files. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So because this is your first episode, if you wouldn't mind taking a minute to let everyone know who you are, what you're about, where to find you, that type of thing. And I want everybody to listen really carefully because this woman knows what she's talking about. And I want everyone to go and follow her and learn from her. Thank you. That's wonderful. So I'm Lena. I'm Lena Ehrenberg. And uh, first of all, I am on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at Have More Love. 
because that is my mission in the world to help women in the ways that I'm able to, to have more love in their lives. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of my clients, that's relationships, but for me, everything in the world is a relationship. So for a lot of my clients, that's very specifically romantic relationships, but there are also familial relationships and friendships and business relationships and all of that. So I don't discriminate about quality of relationships. I just want everyone to have the highest quality that she can. I do that through having wonderful conversations on people's podcasts and radio programs <laughs> like here. Thank you so much. And I've done a TEDx talk and I have a website, lenaerenberg.com. And I won't spell that for you. You can check the show notes. For that. <laughs> That's what I always say about my name too. I'm like, it's Janice Formicella and go look in the show notes. So with that, let's get on with it. Thank you so much for being here. And before we get started, I just want to remind my amazing community, if you have loved X-Files this year, please let me know by leaving me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That gives me a chance to get feedback from the community. And 2023 is going to be off the hook for X-Files. So if you want to help me, go and do that because it does really help me become more visible to the world. So we are talking about learning from your breakup, which was actually something that Lena suggested as a topic. Before we get too far into it, why were you fired up about this particular subject? A bunch of different reasons. Um, okay. The first thing, and, and I'm going to say them not in any particular order of importance, but as things kind of fire at me, or maybe okay. I'm firing inside and firing <laughs> out. I'm not always sure how that works. But um, the idea of a breakup at all. So I have a lot of clients who will say, I have so many failures in my past about relationships. I have failed or my relationships have failed. And, and then I hear a lot of people say, and when I say a lot of people like just being out online, being in social media, being in groups, being in a coffee shop and overhearing a conversation just in the world in general, I'm hearing people Men and women mm-hmm. say, oh, God, I dated that person for six months or a year yeah. and it didn't work out. We broke up. What a waste of time. And then usually they'll go on to give whoever they're talking to this string of reasons why that person was wrong and that person was bad and what was wrong with them. And that whole thing has made me really think about my path, my trajectory. What have I learned? How did I used to be about Mm -hmm. relationships and about breakups? And what have I learned from that? Mm -hmm. And when I look back and I say, oh yeah, there was a long period of time in my life where I was very outer focused. This person is not doing what I think he ought to do. He's not saying what I think he is. Oh, he's not feeding me. He's not giving me, he's not doing, he's not blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And never considered what about me? 
Yeah. Right. Never. I can relate. I can really relate. Yes. It was. Oh, yes. Yeah. Totally. Yes. And the the other part of that I think that's really <laughs> super important is we talk about the word patterns a lot. People are mm-hmm. very aware now because there is such an awareness. I don't think it's just an insider thing anymore. I think people are being more aware of the fact that we have patterns in our lives. Right. Again, our patterns are something that either feed us or don't. Our patterns either create the life we want or they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really important to be aware of our patterns, right? So, but some people <laughs> will say, my pattern is that men who are blah, blah, blah are attracted to me. That's my pattern. That is not your pattern. Your pattern is finding men who are blah, 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 mm-hmm. attractive. Or yeah, I was just going to say, or getting turned on by certain behaviors, getting turned on by um, certain courting um, strategies. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, completely. I did this too, um, for sure. And we're going to talk about this. So le- we have four lessons, right? <laughs> four lessons that you can learn from your breakup. And you know what? Maybe we'll come back in another month or two and talk about four more lessons. Okay. But what was the first lesson that you had for us? So the first lesson along those lines, exactly, looking <laughs> at your patterns are how are you defining a relationship? Mm -hmm. Do you Mm -hmm. think that the minute you meet someone, you're in a relationship? Do you think the minute that you have a first date with someone, you're in a relationship? Because I think that that really amps up your count of breakups. There's a period of time Mm -hmm. when you first meet someone who you need to get to know the person a little bit. I I don't even talk to anybody about someone I've met until we've gone out for at least a month. And that's generally like once a week, you know, so that's four weeks, but we're talking on the phone in between. Mm -hmm. There's a period of time for a month for me. That's, that's my period of time. Everybody has their own. But for me, it's not real yet. I'm still trying to figure out if I even want to date this person. And so Mm -hmm. if you're someone who thinks that you go on one date with someone and that means you're in a relationship, right? And then all of a sudden after the third date, he's not responding anymore. And then we're (laughs) going to hear that he ghosted you or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm that some people would count that as a breakup. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just don't think that it is because I don't think there was a relationship there in the yes. first place. But also if there, even if there was things still come to an end a lot of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, we can get further into that too. But anyway, that, that for me is really mm-hmm. when I'm in kind of the figuring it out phase 
I just, I've learned to say, oh, he didn't call me back. We only had two dates. If somebody doesn't call me back after one date or two dates, I don't consider myself ghosted. Oh, thank you. And we talked about this on an IG live three or four weeks ago um, Mm -hmm. with uh, Brian Dunn, who's another um, friend and guest co-host. And yeah, I think that the focus on ghosting and what we can do to prevent people ghosting is misdirected as, as we talked about during that time. And I think it's a lot more about the expectations that we are actually putting on very fresh connections. We're saying that these are relationships. We're saying we're dating. We're saying this, that, the other thing. And then, I mean, we're setting ourselves up for so much disappointment because people can't live up to the expectations that we put on them. And not everybody wants to continue to talk and have deep and meaningfuls with someone who they've only gone on a couple dates with. Exactly. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but a lot of people don't feel obligated to do so. And I feel like it's so much more like this internal thing rather than how can we, you know, um, prevent or how can we convince people not to ghost? How can we, you know, reframe our dating experience so that, this doesn't devastate us. <laughs> well, exactly. And you made, and, and I love what you just said, that we're doing it to ourselves, right? I agree. And we I get agree. to stop doing it to ourselves. So we mm-hmm. stop, we get to stop feeling bad. We get to stop feeling like we're having failures mm-hmm. because we get to reframe. Wait a second. Did I even want to date this person in the first place? Yeah. Why is so much of my emotional well-being tied up in whether or not this person responds to me? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, so that's yeah, a whole I, other episode. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I'm I'm making another note. Um, so we did an episode on ghosting early on, but I think that we could do a ghosting revisited episode. Um, and maybe I'll have Brian come on for that. Awesome. So let's talk about the fact. Um, of the fleeting nature of relationships, which I know that both of us um, understand and are cognitive of. So um, from my perspective, there are billions of people in the world, right? And everyone listening to this podcast and the two of us included are wonderful people who connect with lots of people. Yeah, you know, we. This is not just you have to find the one of, you know, you are going to have great conversations and great sex and be attracted to people all over the world for your entire life. And as the two of us both know, we are constantly evolving as human beings. I know that the the reason that I got divorced is that I got married young, young as Oh, wait, that's an Australian way to put it. (laughs) We say young, like, instead of saying young as fuck in Australia, sometimes they would say like young as, I don't know. It's anyways, that was my, that was a, (laughs) that was a throwback to my Aussie days. I was really young when I got married. And by the time that I was 30, I had changed so much. And so had he, and we were going in different directions. Every single day we change and evolve as people. Therefore, our relationships change and evolve. And therefore, they will not always last. Friendships, working relationships, romance, definitely. And so I I am on a personal mission to 
educate the world about the fact that this just happens. And I think that you feel the same, right? Mm-hmm. I absolutely do. And, um, it, 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 well, okay, hold on. I, yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but, and I don't want to say it just happens. I understand that these are devastating life events. I just want everyone to know that it happens to everyone. Oh yeah. Okay, no, that's on. what I thought. That's what I thought you meant. Yeah. It, it does happen. To <laughs> we don't everybody. wake up one day and it's over, but yeah, it's, it's part of life is what right. I Right. Mean. It is a part of life. And that's why it's even more important to have a really good handle on your own self-love and your own ways to create peace of mind around that and your own ways to not be getting your sense of worth from other people. Totally. And from whether or not you are in relationships with other people. That's what devastated me all through my 20s. It wasn't what was happening. It wasn't the ultimate result because I didn't want to be married to any of those people. I thought I did at the time because I thought that I had to be. And I thought, I just wanted to be married. You know, I, yeah. well, no, I have to also say, I'm, and I'm going to talk about this more in this episode. My ex-husband and I were soulmates at, at the time. We had so much in common. We got along so well. I mean, it was definitely meant to be for the time that it, that it was. For the time um, that I, it was. That's such yeah. an important thing mm. to understand. Yes. Th- this idea, I don't understand what it is about us humans, mm-hmm. but we try so hard to make things last forever, but mm-hmm. things, material things don't right. last Nothing, forever. nothing does. In fact, one of my tattoos is a spiral that I got when I turned 30 after my divorce. And it's because I believe, like it symbolizes the universe in constant motion. Oh, I love it. Because it's, it's true. It's all, it's always, always changing and evolving. So, um, we have some, uh, stats (laughs) on the fleeting nature of relationships. And I want to put it out there. I'm not at all trying to be like a Debbie Downer. I just find this really interesting because I, in very literal terms, talk to people about breakups every single day of my life. And I just want everyone to know it, it seriously is, the most ubiquitous thing (laughs) as far as the human experience goes. So what did you find out? And then I'll go with uh, what I found out. Well, I just did a really brief, very unscientific search. (laughs) So we would say, did you give it a goog, Lena? I gave it a goog. I I used um, something that's intended to be a noun as a verb. Um, I'm really trying to stop doing that. So what I, I searched for... Percentage of people who stay with their first love. And you know what's really interesting about that? That's how I phrased it. I think that's how I phrased it when I put it in the search bar. But what kept kept, came up more immediately, I had to dig into it because I started to see um, research of people who got back with their first love after time and how long and those seem to last uh, you know those were like the ones that lasted so maybe the message was you should be with your first love I don't know but basically what I that doesn't ring true to me but okay (laughs) okay but what I found was they said approximately 25 percent of people 
stay with their first love. I think what I searched for was um, how many people marry the first person they date or something. That, this I was very is specific. so fascinating. Right. If you don't mind me asking, do you know who your first love was? Uh, I do. Me too. And I was, and I was 12 years <laughs> old, but we didn't date. Okay. It was my first like real crush. And um, I kind of, well, we won't go into that whole thing. I kind of think he liked me too. And we used to like do cutesy little things together, sit next to each other on the bus, that kind of thing. But I mean, that dating was not ever an issue. And I think by the time I was old enough to be dating, that just never happened. But um, but my actual first love at, at a point that I was dating, um, I had a first date. Okay, really brief. I had a first date, um, mm-hmm. only date with this guy. We went out on a double date. It was high school. It was my best friend and another guy so that we wouldn't just be the two of us. And there was a lot of stuff that went on and we just, he got lost on the way to the movie theater. <laughs> and I think that he felt worse about that than I did. And I was just trying to be like, Oh, you know, it's no problem. And it wasn't, I was just in the car with him. I was okay with that and whatever. So we have this date. I never heard from him again at the prom. He's there with another girl who I later found out he had met her the next night. Okay. (laughs) There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Right. So I spent the entire rest of the school year miserable, thinking that I had done something wrong. He didn't Mm -hmm. like me, blah, 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 blah. All of my story, which started at the age of 16, 17. And simply what happened was he met someone else who was for him at that period of time his right match. You're so mature. Yeah. Now I am. You should have seen me at 17. I was not so <laughs> I'm okay. I think we also need to do an episode on first loves. I can remember everything about my first love. I was either 15 or 16. Um, he came into the skate shop that I was shopping at, at the mall. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he, I seriously felt like the skies opened up. He was the most perfect skater (laughs) I had the biggest crush on him and we actually did end up going out and I remember everything about like the first time we hung out and even I can remember the t-shirt that I was wearing with my you know baggy jeans and (laughs) all of that but yes definitely was not meant to be but also it started me on the patterns that I would continue also into my adulthood, which Mm -hmm. was uh, definite. He pursued me really heavily, really. And I got so excited about that. And then, you know, it ended kind of bad. And then we did like this on and off thing for multiple years, actually. Uh, Yeah. I think I met him when I was a freshman and we were like still dating when I was a senior on and off. And so I feel like it created some sort of like normalcy in my mind about, about that pattern, but it was destructive. I, you know, nothing good came of it anyways. So I have more (laughs) stats about breakups. So from the Washington post, 60% of straight couples who have been in a relationship for less than two months at the start of this particular study were no longer together a year later for the follow-up. So everyone's breaking up. 58% of Americans say that breakups are usually dramatic, messy, or both. 
So if you're going through a devastating breakup right now, just know that there's so many of us out there who can relate to it. Mm -hmm. And as everybody knows, as far as American marriages are concerned, they're not that successful. However, people say that 50% of them end. The latest statistics from 2022 say that 40, 41% of first marriages end and 60% of second marriages end. Isn't that, that's so fascinating to Mm -hmm. me that so much more second marriages end. Now I would think, okay, you learned something. This is something that we could probably, again, also do another episode episode. on. (laughs) But I think it speaks to the point and, and just really briefly to put a pin in it for another episode. Mm -hmm. I think it speaks to the point that I was bringing up earlier, which is about if you don't examine your own stuff, If you don't examine what you are bringing, what you are believing about relationships, Mm -hmm. then you're not. If you think it's always the other person, there's just all these people in the world and I live at the effect of them, then you're just going to end your first marriage and go out in the world and think, I just married the wrong person. I need a different person. And Uh then you're going to go into another marriage, perhaps, and then that's going to end as well, right? Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, I think for a lot of people, you're probably spot on. And that is people want to be married and they don't want to actually self-examine, you know, the reasons why their first marriage ended at the same time. I do think that if you've gone through a divorce already, you might be more willing to get divorced because you're less, willing to be in an unhappy relationship. And I don't know that that's the worst thing. It goes back to what you said about, Mm -hmm. you know, people not willing to be alone, though they want to be married again, because isn't that all stuff that you should be learning in the relationship dating part and not wait to learn it? Yeah, you're right. I know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not only would it save people a lot of heartache, it would save people a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think actually that marriage is going a little out of style for this exact reason. Um, Brian and I talk a lot about, you know, starter marriages and that it's actually, you know, this is just what happens. And I think people are realizing that you could be in a committed, loving relationship without involving the government. And for uh, one of the reasons being that it might not last forever. And it's just the way it goes. So let's continue on 90% of relationships that start before the age of 30 end. Think to yourself right now, everyone, who do you know that got married before 30 who are still together? I can think of one. Well, I mean, I have Mormon family who are still together. I know, I know a couple, I, uh, friend of mine from high school immediately that comes to mind two of my friends from high school um and one from college probably more oh no now I'm thinking yeah I (laughs) I think that I know I'm not going to put a number on it because I'm sure more will be coming to me but I'm I'm right now I'm thinking I've got a solid four people okay. who I who I knew back then who and they're they're still married now mm-hmm. yeah and but of, of all the people we know that probably does represent right, 10 percent for the right. wider world yeah exactly yes. exactly 
I, and it's so true. I real I seriously think that you change so much between 20 and 30 that it's not even <laughs> worth. Well, it. but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think that you should. Why is this even a thing that people mm-hmm. are doing studies on this and talking about, you know, this and, and I, I read the article and I liked a lot about the article, but when you read the headline, it's shocking. And it's, I think it's feeding mm-hmm. into this, what makes people feel bad about themselves when there aren't social media, like, oh, well, this is a bad thing that, what was it? 90% of relationships and in, you know, before. Oh, and I read it as a good thing. I think relationships should end. I'm not saying 90%. I think that our relationships in our 20s ought to evolve because we ought to evolve. Mm -hmm. And if you choose someone like to your point, you were soulmates with your husband at that time. Mm -hmm. The people I think who stay together successfully over so many years are very, very fortunate in that they are evolving together. And that's what's rare. Yeah. And also it's, but also I don't want to like qualify or put any type of like hierarchy on it. It's nice that that happens for these people, but I don't think it's better than growing apart necessarily. What I want to say to your listeners about that is it's Mm -hmm. not better and it's not, not better the other way. I think that's special. I think that's rare. And What's unfortunate is that it's kind of like the the princess story that so many of us are fed when we're children. That mm-hmm. becomes what we think life ought to be. So that's my issue with this headline and this title of this article and, and the way I feel like it's being put out in the world okay. is that I think a lot of people think, oh, it like oh, this other thing ought to be happening to me. I ought to have been with my first love. I ought to, like, that's the way life ought to be in a perfect world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in fact, I just made another note of an episode titled, Fuck the Happily Ever After. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm having you on. Um, And so you actually put it in beautiful terms. A completed relationship is not a waste of time. It's such a good way to put it. I mean, this is just what happens. And it's wonderful that we get the opportunity to connect with so many people in our life and learn um, from things. And exactly. also, and this is one reason I'm so passionate about breakups is because it's a life transition like none other. And a life transition by definition is such a ripe, wonderful time to learn about yourself, to re-examine what you want out of life, to self-reflect. So much magic can happen if you let it. If you let it, if you let it, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's not. Yeah, I I love that. I love the way you do that. It's true. And there are some things that you can only learn from having been in a a relationship that completed that you Mm -hmm. can't learn. Like I'm thinking of something um specifically that happened to me not in my twenties because I was not in that mode of seeing it as an opportunity, but. Um, you know, at, at a later time in a relationship, I really thought that as long as I was with someone who would respect 
my spirituality, mm-hmm. that that would be enough. You know, this is how we make our lists, mm-hmm. right? What we think in that moment alone that we're going to want in relationship. And we can't necessarily, and sometimes those things remain and are true. And sometimes we get into relationship and realize, oh, maybe not. So I was in relationship, a relationship with someone who did not have a spiritual practice at all. And one of the things he had said to me at the beginning was, oh, you know, you have this practice. I'm really looking, I'm searching for something like that. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Okay. And so, you know, at the beginning, he, you know, we, I thought, okay, well, maybe this could be for him. But if this isn't for him, maybe he'll search for something else. And over the course of time, that didn't happen. And that's totally his right. He really, um, the way that he and I continued to interact was really more about I had a spiritual practice and he didn't. He respected my practice and I had thought that would be enough. Mm-hmm. And when I was in it, I realized, oh, no, wait, that's not enough for me. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, I thought, you know what, I do want to be in a relationship with someone who has a spiritual practice, because that will enable me to share us to share ours with each other. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known that if I wasn't in a relationship that completed. And that was my takeaway. That's what I needed to learn from that. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I firmly believe that not every relationship is intended to last forever. Mm-hmm. Every relationship is intended to teach us something. Yes, I I, I agree. And that's I, I have like so many things are coming at me. And I think just one thing that I'll share, because I already mentioned my divorce is I was young. I was very academic. I was very scholarly. I was going through a faith transition. I decided when I was 20 that I was going to leave the Mormon church, which was huge (laughs) at the time. And he supported me and I had no one around me who even wanted to discuss this. People shut me out, cut me out of their lives, just like at the drop of a hat when they heard that I was doing this. And he was there. He was rooting me on. He was raised in Mesa, Arizona, and knew all about Mormonism and what I was actually going through. And I don't know that I would have actually ended up completely leaving and resigning from the church if he wasn't there. I think that I could have stayed because... I mean, what are you going to do when you're 20 years old and the only thing you've ever known is Mormonism? And it, I think that it was the fact that he was there that that got me out. And so I am so thankful. And you know what? If he ever listens to this, I will say, you know, you were a real jerk to me at the end of our marriage, but I'm really glad that you were there in the beginning of it. Uh, let's go on. Lesson number two, Lena. Mm-hmm. So... Lesson number two, I think is really important, which is um, that there are a lot of people who say, my picker's broken. Okay. I'm not having fun. Mm -hmm. I don't want to date anymore. And there are some people who truly have had very serious things happen to themselves in relationships while dating. And they have a fear for their safety to continue dating. 
And so they say, I'm just not going to date. And for me, what, what I think is that, um, you know, keeping yourself safe by not dating is really not keeping yourself safe. It's keeping yourself separate. And so there are ways that you can learn Mm -hmm. to keep yourself safer. And it's really about autonomy. And it's really about, you know, we, we, talk about having control over our lives. And when we talk about having dominion, I love the word dominion. And That's sexy. I like Oh, that. I like that. I like that you think it's sexy. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's a wonderful, autonomy and dominion are wonderful ways to think about how we're allowed to, um, to show up. And I think that part of the reason that people don't, take the lessons from things that have happened in the past Mm -hmm. is because there's a couple of reasons. Sometimes we don't because we shame ourselves, especially if something very traumatic or serious or hurtful has happened to us in the past. A lot of times we'll say, I should have known better. I should not have let that happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't feel safe moving forward. And if something happened to you that there's a huge difference between a fault for something having happened. If someone did something to you that ought not to have been done, that is their fault. That is not your fault that is not yes, especially when it comes to abuse like you can never make someone abuse you exactly Mm -hmm. exactly whatever has happened to you is not your fault and it was not your responsibility and yet you can have the responsibility to yourself going forward to say how can I learn to interact with people again and create safety for myself? Yeah, yeah, I did this. And and as a survivor, I have to say I did, I, I have gone through a very painful and very important process of looking at my patterns, um, assessing what got me into the relationship in the, in the first place and figuring out, you know, what did I need to do and what did I need to change so that certain things didn't excite me and, and entice me. And I didn't make my abuser do anything, but I was, you know, I got excited by the love bombing. I have to admit this. And, um, and recognizing that I did that over and over and over again, you know, I took four years off of dating before I started back again, like probably this year. And that was because even after I left the abusive relationship, I kept on getting into relationships that were shit. (laughs) And it was because I was so susceptible to a a man who would do like the hard push after just barely meeting me. And, but it took, it took a lot of work for me to even recognize that. And that is because I 
took the time and I actually went back and analyzed all of my relationships and saw that I had this pattern. I legit did not know that I did this. I just was like, why am I so bad at relationships? Yeah. I didn't well, actually Yeah, exactly. Yes, you are so right. It and it was um that there's not good men out there, or I'm yeah. attracted to this type and this type just isn't good for me. I wasn't like, what am I doing? And a lot of it just does come down to the self-reflection. And that is after a breakup, people believe that getting into another relationship will solve the problem. They think that it will make them feel better and they don't actually take the time to think about how they got there in the first place. So I want to refer everybody to episode 129, identifying relationship patterns after a breakup with our friend, Brian done. We go into a lot of different ways that you can make sure that you take advantage of this single time to make sure that you end up in a better relationship the next time around or um, change course, man. So if you want companionship, it is important to get back out there eventually rather than scaring yourself out of it. So I thought it might be kind of fun to go through a little list of ways to know that you're ready to date again. As a breakup coach, this is something that I get asked a lot. So I have a few and I know that you have a few. Um, And these are just kind of my go-tos. These are practical ways to know that you are quote unquote ready. And first of all, you've been single long enough to like being single. If you're miserable being single, I don't think it's a good foundation for a relationship. (laughs) Another person is not here to fill the lack of (laughs) self-worth that you have. I know that's a really harsh way to put it. Um, But if you like being single and you desire companionship, you might be in the right place to date again. Number two, (laughs) you see the benefits of dating for fun and personal growth, not to make yourself feel better. Love it. Plain and simple. Three, your ex is not taking up a considerable amount of time in your day. What does this mean? You're not waking up thinking about them. You're not talking to your friends about them. You're not thinking about them day in and day out. You're not looking at their social media. I understand that these are all things that people go through, but you might not want to get out there and date again if this is the stage of your healing journey that you're in. I mean, what space really do you have for someone new if you're thinking about your ex all day long? You've gotten comfortable spending time on your own. That is pure confidence. And that's a great foundation for dating. And you feel positive about the future rather than just lamenting how much your life sucks because you're not in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love all of those things. I think what I heard you say is that you're ready to date again when you want to date, not when you think you need to date. Agreed. So yeah. a couple of things that I'll add to that list as well. And when you were talking about your ex not taking up a lot of time in your day, in your thoughts, okay? Here's the thing about relationships. Every mm-hmm. relationship that we have in our lives, we have in our thoughts. Every single relationship, whether we are physically with a person or we're not, because think about it, even when it's someone who's no longer in our lives, 
if you're thinking about that person, you're in relationship with mm-hmm. that person. And, yeah. if you're, and if it's someone who is in your life currently, when you think about them, you're in relationship. That's how you have relationships with people. It's how you think about them and how you think about the quality of the relationship. And mm-hmm. so the quality of your thoughts is affecting the quality of your relationships, which is why you might have a terrible relationship with someone and break up with them. And they might go and have a phenomenal relationship with the next person they meet and wind up married to them for life and ecstatically happy because they are having different thoughts about each other than you had about each other. The other thing that I wanted to add to your list is, um, this is something that I go through. I don't know how many other people go through it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to guess out of approximately 8 billion people, approximately 4 billion being women, I'm going to say there's at least one other person who might be listening to this podcast. <laughs> who might Lay it on me, girl. Lay it on me. <laughs> when I have ended a relationship, I don't find men attractive at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Yeah. Not- I can relate at all like okay (laughs) everyone should see her face right now she definitely means business I mean business I can feel it in my stomach and obviously (laughs) it's showing on my face right that's what I'm talking about absolutely no sexual attraction absolutely I don't even a lot of times I won't even notice it won't even register that's a man you know I'll be interacting in the world with people which actually is probably a really good way to go through the world but (laughs) So I know that I'm ready to start dating again when all I, when I have that moment of, oh, he's attractive. Like the first time I notice a man and find him attractive, that's when I've learned to say, oh, okay, honey, now you're ready. And that (laughs) could take a week. It could take a month. In my twenties, it used to take two years. Hello. Mm -hmm. How many relationships was I able to have in a decade when it took me two years to heal from every relationship that I had had, right? Mm -hmm. So, and the way that that I complete the relationship is going to have a lot to do with how long it's going to take me to be ready for the next one. And that's a whole other conversation we can have too. Yeah, agree. But yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I do, you know, sometimes it comes up in my work, you know, the whole, the way to get over someone is to get under someone. And I'm obviously that's in essence kind of bullshit, but in the truth is that when you're starting to feel attracted to other people, that's a, that's a really good sign that maybe you're ready to let someone, someone new in. So I actually think that that's, that's a good tip. And I also think that it's something I can, relate to I know when I took I took this huge break from dating it just wasn't even like anything that I would think about I'd see someone hot at the store and I don't even know that I would it would register as they're sexy and then all of a sudden it was like all right we're back and (laughs) I'm ready to rumble and what you just said though that whole idea of getting over someone by getting under someone I've been hearing that for years and I think that there's two ways that we can look at that yeah Right. And what you just said is, yes, if it's a want and not a need and you're just like, 
I broke up with this person. I was in a relationship with however long. That's the only person I was with. I I want this person in this way right now. That's very different from break up with someone on a Friday night and Saturday you're out looking mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. feeling like got to do it. Got to Because that's very outward focus. That's saying, okay, I'm going to get over it by just getting with somebody else. And that's what is not going to help you really heal and change your patterns. That's right. just putting aside the pain. Yes. And probably not going to help much either. So we are going to pause for a quick commercial break. And then we're going to come back with two more lessons that you can learn from your breakup. So welcome back, dear listeners. I am just so enjoying this chat. It's so much fun to just talk shop with people. Um, We have another lesson, and that is about gratitude. Can you talk to us about this, Lena? Gratitude to me is a perspective. It's a perspective of how you can go through life. And in my, again, very unscientific research, just talking <laughs> to people in the world, I didn't even, I didn't even search this one. It, it just works. In getting, it, in it works out. and it counts. <laughs> it works and it counts, but it's like just being around people and just noticing people and people's personalities and how they approach the world. It seems to me that grateful people are loving and loving people are grateful. Mm. Okay. And the reverse is also true, unfortunately, that I've met a lot of people who did not seem very loving. And they also didn't seem to be very grateful. And what's interesting about people who are not loving, a lot of them have the belief that they are not loved. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that's just really, really sad. Oh, this rings true to me so much. You know, I don't have any relationship with my family of origin. And for a while, it kind of got to me, you know, like, how can I be related to all these people who can like, kind of take me or leave me. But I got to a point after doing all this work, where it doesn't affect me at, at all. And I know that it's that it's not uh, about me. And I give love as much as I can to the people who choose to be in my life and I choose to be in theirs. And yeah. I don't think of it that, that way it, anymore. And so yeah. I, it also rings true to me because I think I, I stayed in this kind of black pit of self-loathing for a while and it didn't I mean you don't attract anything with that and so that's why I think that this is a great lesson to learn after a breakup is how to be uh grateful and grateful leads to love and love leads to confidence and confidence leads to attracting good people and it's a wonderful cycle to be in the middle of I have to say yeah, I love it. I I love it. Um, and I'm grateful to have learned the lesson about that. And it's something that can be applied to everything. What gratitude, I think, is something that really um, can people choose to use things in different ways. But I think that gratitude, in and of itself, is something that can make us feel more a part of a greater thing. Mm. By that, I mean that if I think that I am solely responsible for 
everything Mm -hmm. in my life personally, that feels really isolating to me. Mm-hmm. But gr- being grateful means that I'm acknowledging that someone or something had a part in my life. Mm. So I'm already including myself. I'm I'm moaning over here because you're speaking my language, girl. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, I'm gro- I'm I'm grabbing my emotional skill. Are you are you an Abraham Hicks person? I am, but I'm not okay. familiar with the emotional scale. Do tell. <laughs> okay. So I, this is something that I'm very passionate about and that I work with some of my clients on. And that is, there is an emotional scale designed by Abraham Hicks, and it's a scale of one to 20. Fear, grief, despair, and powerlessness being one and joy, appreciation, empowered, freedom, and love being 20. One of the most powerful and effective ways that you can and do manifest things in your life is by where you are on the scale. Because the higher up you are on the scale, the easier you manifest the things that you at least think that you want. And so I wanted to bring this up because, as I said, appreciation and joy and love are at the very top. I know that this is really difficult for people who are going through a breakup because you're closer to the bottom, but a lesson that you can learn is how to climb up the scale. And Abraham says, which is true, the only thing you need to do is recognize how you're feeling today and then do one thing to just go up one level. And so for instance, this seems probably a bit rudimentary, whatever. But if you are in the middle of a breakup and you feel, for instance, despair and grief, even if you just think of your favorite food, (laughs) you might crawl up just one level. It's not about getting from grief to appreciation in one day. It's only about climbing up one of the one rank. (laughs) And A gratitude can help you get there. So do you have a gratitude practice, Lena? I I do have a gratitude practice at any given time. I don't have one. Okay, no, but this is a lifestyle for us. And that is why also I think that we're friends is that this is some like this is fully like the way that I live. It wasn't always like this. So, I mean, can you maybe let our listeners know what does this look like for you today? I will, but I just want to go back briefly to that chart that you um, were sharing. So I just, if your listeners are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, when you were talking about this chart, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it reminded me of. And that is very much more about like actual human needs, but it's the same concept. Let's think about this from Mm -hmm. two totally different sources from a scientist and from Abraham. Mm we have got a similar way to look at structuring our time in our bodies. My heart is pounding. I'm not just putting it here. Like I can feel it. You're so right. I love this shit so much. (laughs) And, And what both of these entities, I'll call them, are saying to us is living at the bottom 
of the scale, scraping to get by, just existing with the basics is not what we're here for. Mm -hmm. We are here to elevate, to learn, to thrive as Maya Angelou so beautifully (laughs) taught us. There are, it's hard. Okay, I'm just going to say it right. It's hard to think about thriving and elevating when there are so many people in the world who are living with the bare basics and so many people who don't even have bare basics. Well, also when you're heartbroken, that's the only thing that you can, that you can see. And I never want anyone to come on and listen to this podcast and think that I don't understand that heartbreak is debilitating. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a basic place where you're at when you're heartbroken. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All of those things, physical needs, there are people who are just barely scraping by when you're heartbroken, it, you feel like you're, you're scraping by or maybe not even. And so this is not to belittle any of that. And yet it can perhaps be something to which we can aspire Mm-hmm. especially yeah. when we're in that place to say, I can have more, I can have more in different ways, and I can have a more enriched life. And part of the way that we can have that more enriched life, I think, is to begin a gratitude practice. So I, I definitely want to say as far as my own gratitude practice goes, I'm, you know, in a good place now, money wise, but I've always given a certain amount to certain charities. And even at my poorest days, which people out there, I've been poor. Okay. (laughs) Um, I never would stop, you know, my monthly donations to, uh, so I give to an ex-Mormon podcast, Mormon Stories, shout out. Um, I've given to um, them for, for many, many years. And I never stopped because I just know that when you are grateful, good things happen. And when you support people who are supporting you, good things happen. So that's also definitely something that's a part of my gratitude practice. I will say having good food in the house is part of my gratitude practice, because again, I want to surround myself with abundance when it comes to nutrition. And I want to be grateful for my body. And one of the ways that I'm grateful for my body is by nourishing it. So that's another yeah. thing I don't skimp on. I def- I actually this year have been putting, I have a little gratitude jar. Um, It's over there. I can't show you, but I do it. Most nights I put something in there that I've been thankful for, and I'm going to open it up on my birthday next year. And um, that's another part of it. And also I want to say, if all of this just sounds like bullshit to people, if you can at least make yourself feel physically better, that will put you in a better place. Be grateful and good things will happen for you. Right. And, right. and, And they will, they'll, it'll amplify it because I was just going to say part of my gratitude practice is I will stop at some point during the day. I'll see something that I love. And if yes. I'm outside, I will stop. I will look at beautiful flowers. My my film role is just full of flowers. I'm a flowers and, person too. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> and so it's like that stopping. It's taking the time to stop and acknowledge. And that is how we receive more 
Yeah. Is mm-hmm. by, and it's not magic. It's not like, well, if I'm grateful for this one, then magically five more will sprout up. There actually is a lot of science behind it. And which is why my heart was pounding earlier when you were talking about the connection between um, the hierarchy of needs and Abraham's work is because, I mean, this is, these are things that you cannot dispute. I mean, right. well, this is what, how yeah, the world exactly. works. Well, this is how the world works. And, but what I'm saying is that it's not because it, it's not because it's magical. It's because mm-hmm. when you stop right. and see something, you start to train yourself to see it. It's because mm-hmm. all of these things are already here. If you're not acknowledging them, if you're not seeing them, if you train yourself to believe the world is bad, life is hard, dating is hard. Um, all I only these, attract scumbags. I only attract blah, 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 <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. If you train yourself to see what you don't want, that's all you mm-hmm. see. And you see more and more and more of it. If you start to train yourself to see all the good, then you start to see that there is good in the world. That's the magic. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the practices that I encourage people who are going through breakups to, to develop is when you're having a bad moment, just stop. And just name three things that you're either grateful for or three things that are working for you. Uh When you're going through a breakup, it just feels like everything is shit. So when you think about three things that are working, you get to a higher place and you at least um, you elevate just the tiniest bit. And that allows you to welcome in more. And that allows you to welcome in more. And that allows you to welcome in more. Um, Because yeah, I do think also when we're going through breakups, we want things to be shit in a way, because it just kind of like validates how we're feeling. And it validates that this sucks when things go shit for us during a breakup. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. you know, we can make another choice too, but you just made me think of something else too. Stop saying I'm having a bad day. Mm-hmm. I don't have bad days. I might have a bad moment in mm-hmm. the day, right? I might even have a bad 30 minutes or 60 minutes in a day, depending on what is exploding in my technology at the moment. But I don't have bad days because mm-hmm. I'm not taking that belief with me into the next thing. It's like, Oh, oh, well, you know, with my luck now, this is going to happen. No, no. Right. And so that's the other thing. Part of having a gratitude practice is not, is not, you know, expanding the thought of if this one thing happened now, it's all going to go wrong or that is part of a gratitude practice. You're right. And it is a practice and it takes time to develop. I really want people out there to know Lena and I, we're not born this way. <laughs> like these well, yes, were things. Thing too, yeah. <laughs> I worked hard and to develop the way the way that I live. I was not like this. If people out there knew the self talk that I used to uh, feed myself, you'd be shocked. You'd be absolutely horrified. And I promise you, though, if you commit to this day by day by day, it absolutely can change. But it does 
it absolutely takes time. I mean, we're talking about body memories. We're talking about completely reprogramming your system and it does not happen overnight, but it does happen. So you have uh, more and tips. And it's worth the work. If you're someone yes. who thinks that this sounds like a lot of work, I would suggest to you that living the other way is a lot of work too. Yeah. And how also like, how's you that working to... for you is what I'd like to Um Another hack that I learned a while back is every single morning I say, thank you. Mm-hmm. And just for being alive. And yep. if you can wake up and even if the day before wasn't necessarily, you know, something to write home about, it's really nice to just sit there in bed and tell yourself yesterday was the best day ever. And today's going to be even better because it just puts your vibration really high yeah. and you like you trick your system into being, at, you know, high up on the emotional scale. So Lena, you have some tips as far as friendships, business, family goes. I right. really want to hear from you about this because I think that um, I could learn and I think our listeners could as well. Okay, good. Well, that's why I said at the beginning that I really like to help women in all areas of their lives. And I even I've done weight loss coaching as well, weight loss and management coaching, because I learned that as well. And I didn't know that. My clients were always saying to me, wow, I can't believe that I thought I was just going to come here to lose weight, but look what's happening over here in this other part of my life. I'm like, yeah, basic principles are basic principles, right? It's like Mm -hmm. the principle of music works, whether it's country or Western country or swing or jazz or, you know, there are principles, right? So here's some things first and foremost, when you're starting a new relationship, no matter if it's romantic or if it's a friendship or if it's a business relationship, give the person the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Okay. And that does not mean someone does something bad and you say, oh, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt and let them do it again. That's not what it means. You give the benefit of the doubt at the very beginning. Giving the benefit of the doubt means not assuming that this person is going to act the way every other person in this situation has acted. Mm -hmm. It means I'm on a date with someone and I'm not going to sit there and say, oh yeah, the last two guys who ordered um, a double frap cappuccino (laughs) wound up ghosting me. And so I know how this is going to go, right? That's, That's not giving the benefit of the doubt. It's Here's a brand new person in front of me. I'm going to believe that this person wants to be with me and have a relationship with me in this moment. And that includes business relationships. It includes friendships. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I'm not going to, um, you know, it's, I realized that if I had a list of qualities that I wanted in a romantic partner? Why shouldn't I have a list of qualities that I want in every relationship in my life? And I really yeah. took that list. I didn't, I don't think I made any changes to my list. I want to be around the same types of people in all areas of my life. So yeah, I went through something again with my family about a year and a half ago. And I, I was talking to a friend and I said, I would never advise a client who was in this type of situation with like a 
partner or an ex to continue on. And I would never put up with this out of any other person in my life. So like, why am I allowing it here? The way you do something is the way you do everything. I believe that so strongly. Every single, in every single case, the way you do one thing is the way you do fucking everything. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So like what that means is I want to be with someone who's honest and ethical in a romantic relationship. I want to be with someone who's honest and ethical in a, in a friendship. And so I want to work with people who are honest and ethical. And so how does, but it's like, how does that translate? Like, how do those qualities play out in relationships? That's what you look for. So for me, that means I have a belief that all of my clients want to work with me because they have already found value in me. They've either heard me on a podcast or they've read things that I've written, or we had a a sample session with each other, or I did a workshop. And and that I find really, really um, useful getting into workshops with people so you can really see how they work. And if they speak to you in the way that you need to be spoken to, it's a great way to find a coach. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and I truly believe that my clients will do the work required of them and will pay in full on time. I don't have to drag around all those other stories about wah, wah, wah. I've got all these clients and I have to chase them and blah, 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 blah. No, if I'm not going to chase a man in a romantic relationship, why would I put myself in a position of chasing? (laughs) I love it so much. So that is really overall really quickly. There's other ways, but you can apply all the positive principles that you learn in one area of your life into other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that's different, though, obviously, about family. We get to choose our friends. We don't get to choose our family. That's what we know, right? Um, I mean, technically, we, yeah. But technically, <laughs> right? We get to choose to not be in relationship with yeah. the family, right? But we don't get to say, will you give birth to me? Because I think yeah. I'd like you to be my mom, right? Mm-hmm. But we get to have other Sadly. moms in life. You know, if mm-hmm. we, I've had many, many mother figures to me in my life. And that's been really lovely. But here's what we can do with um, with people in our families, especially if we want to retain some type of relationship with them. We can choose to not believe that their actions or thoughts or beliefs are a reflection of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what causes a lot of of issues in families, especially when it's parents thinking you acting this way is a reflection on me. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that's a basic kind of friction in familial relationships. And as adults, we get to say, okay, well, you know, whoever's acting this way at the dinner table at Thanksgiving, that's not a reflection on me. It doesn't have to be a reflection on me. And I can still have boundaries with my family so that I'm, you know, I feel safe and I feel um, 
you know, that I don't have to get into it with people, you get to be respected. That's the biggest part of a boundary. You That's get to what boundaries are for. That's what boundaries are for. But yes. also, I think part of that, and we don't even realize that we're doing it, but part of it is we need to also be respecting that other person. And that's where I know I've gotten really messed up with it in the past. Mm-hmm. Me thinking that somebody ought to be different, that there's something wrong with them, mm-hmm is not respecting them. Yes. But I'm demanding that they respect me. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's, you know, and this is like, this is a whole other topic, but I'm just saying that (laughs) it's, it's understanding the separation and it's understanding that your family doesn't reflect you and you do not have to reflect your family. And you get to command the same respect in your familial relationships as you do in other relationships. And a lot of people don't think that's possible. Well, I I just definitely want to put this out there to anyone listening. If you have a story that relates to how your familiar relationships have impacted your romantic relationships, please hit me up on Instagram. Please email xfilespodcast at gmail.com. I have very uh, personal and very recent experience with this. And I think talking about boundaries and families or family breakups could be a really interesting episode topic. So please get in touch with me. Maybe we can do a kind of a round table. Thank you for mentioning that. I did an episode last year about my experience with codependence. And part of that episode was my realization that while I had really cleared myself of a lot of my codependent habits with men, I had not with my family members. And I could see the correlation like so strongly. And Mm -hmm getting to that realization and then stopping those patterns, even with people I'm relating to just opened up so much freedom and lightness in my life. Okay. So we're going to go on to the last lesson, which is what to do after a breakup to learn that is using our emotions in new ways. This is something that I see some of my clients embracing and it is a game changer. After a breakup, we get to self-examine how we showed up in a really intense time in our life. Once the shock has worn off, you get to take inventory of what happened. And I think that this is really important because I think a lot of people feel out of control during a breakup. I feel like a lot of people don't recognize themselves during a breakup. And the thing is like, we're confronted by things that we can't control or predict for our entire lives. And so I do think that it's important to go back and assess how we showed up. I know for me, I've done things during breakups where I don't even want to admit it, to be honest. <laughs> but once I was I've had eight, a couple of those, just a couple of those myself. Yeah. Um, if people have listened to the podcast the entire time, they will know that I have admitted to doing the the drunk text. Text drunk texting the axe was something I did 
uh, for for a while. And but the the fact of the matter is, we do have control over our actions. We are in charge of what we decide to do. And so it's really important and really useful to look back on how we acted during this time and think, all right, how can I tweak that? Or, oh, that was great. This is a good skill of mine. (laughs) So emotions, what do you think about emotions and learning from them? Lena? I think that it's not something that we can ever do if we don't self-examine, right? And it's so necessary if we, um, and and we've said it a few times throughout this conversation, but I want to say it again, because I think it's so important. If you are in the mode of only looking at what someone else is either doing or not doing, or saying or not saying, you are missing the opportunity to change your results. If you keep focusing outwards and thinking the world has to change, if you think 7,999,000,000 need to change and you just get to stay the same, how's that working for you? To quote Janice, right? (laughs) So- So that's the first thing that I would say about using emotions differently is you have to be willing to see them, own your own. And I don't believe that A, happiness is the goal or that B, even if if happiness were the goal, that that means we're supposed to be happy 100% of the time and see if we're not, there's something wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it also depends on what you your definition of happiness is. I mean, yeah, I was- like, Yeah, I, I was just thinking, yeah, sometimes we're content and yes, sometimes we yeah. feel joy, right? But I'm mm-hmm. just talking about this, this unicorn of the word happy that we see out right now that, that is the buzz right now. And for a lot of people, I think a lot of those relationships and a lot of those marriages end um, because there are some people who think that that means if they found their soulmate, it means they're never going to have a disagreement with someone. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of those relationships end because the minute there's a disagreement, somebody thinks that there's something wrong and they're not supposed to be with that person. Yeah, I, I can relate to this because... A very common or very regular theme in some of my previous relationships was a feeling of disappointment, which I actually did have men point out to me that they said that I seemed disappointed. And Mm -hmm. so it, it was confronting to me to have to sit with why do I feel this and why do I allow it to destroy my relationships and how can I be more communicative upfront about what it is that I want so that they know how to show up and can choose to show up this way or, or not, rather than right. me just sitting there like, oh, this sucks. You know, I, I talk about Laundry Boy a lot on the podcast and um, he was a partner I had a few years back and I had gone to see him from Melbourne to London. And I know I showed up at the place after, I don't even know, 20 hours of flight or something. And I go into the apartment and he hadn't even cleaned. And I'm just sitting there. And I mean, he could, I I tried so hard to not 
say anything, but I mean, my heart sank and he, you know, he knew. And, but I had to self-reflect after we, you know, inevitably broke up (laughs) why it was that I kind of allowed this to poison things. You know, I don't think I'd ever expressed to him expectations that I have around (laughs) cleanliness Cleanliness. and and preparing, you know, for someone special to come into your space. And that was a bit on, on me. And now look, I put it out there. (laughs) Everyone knows what I'm about when they date me. So yes, learning from our emotions. Can you think of a time in your dating experience that you saw kind of a pattern as far as a particular feeling? reappearing over and over. It's so interesting that you brought up disappointment because I'm going to talk about that as well. And I think maybe for a lot of women, it's a thing and we're not even aware that it's a thing. I've had a few clients who just couldn't even get to that. They would say, that they were very well aware that they were feeling angry or they were feeling frustrated, but we really needed to do a lot of work. And this was a lot. I mean, I don't have a percentage for you. (laughs) I know, girl, I know. (laughs) But, you know, I'm just saying that many, many women, I think we bury the emotions like disappointment and sadness. And that's what I did. And I led to resentment. When, but when somebody tells me they're, you know, if all you talk about is anger and frustration, those for me are like kind of cover emotions. I'm not belittling them. Sometimes that's the full thing, but a lot of times that's the outer Mm. coating. That's the candy shell. Yeah. Like be more specific. Like let's get into it. Well, yeah, but it's also like, I'm, I'm envisioning an one of those candies that I won't say a brand name unless they pay you, Um, you know, there's like (laughs) a piece of chocolate in the middle and then there's a hard candy shell. And it's literally like that, that anger and frustration and resentment become our hard shell. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't let ourselves get to the inside core of the softness because that would be too threatening to us maybe to feel sadness or disappointment right so for me what I realized finally about disappointment specifically is um, I was in a relationship and we were together for um, over a year and when it finally completed I started going back through, as we often do, all the things that were not particularly fabulous, all the things that had been said that I wished hadn't been said from both sides, all the things that had been done that I wished hadn't been done from both sides. And I started to realize, oh, wow, when that happened, that was only three months in. Wow. Yep. I, I hear you have that was really serious. That was not but I was in and you know, like I said, what do you learn from relationships? Well, what I learned from that relationship is there are some things that I can learn through in the relationship. There are some things I addressed everything. If there was something glaring to me, I would bring it up, we would talk about it. But some things can be brought up and talked about. And some things really are, no, that's that's a no. And I realized that there were a couple of points earlier on where there were a couple of that ought to have been a no 
from me. And I didn't end it at that point. Why? And this goes back to my pattern. There were so many other relationships where there were times that I could have, should have, ought to have ended a relationship. And I didn't or didn't address something because I didn't want to disappoint that person. Mm -hmm. Now, why was I thinking that I didn't want to disappoint someone? Why was I thinking that I would disappoint Mm -hmm. someone? Mm -hmm. Because that was my emotion that I wasn't dealing with for myself. I was so disappointed, not just about relationships, but about, I was, you know, that was kind of the thing that would occur for me that I wouldn't see, that I wouldn't let myself see. I was one of those people that was, would always tell you I was either angry, resentful, or frustrated for a really, really long time. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the other reason that it's so important to really give ourselves the time and the permission and the safe space to really understand our own operating system, our own GPS, how are we functioning? Because I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase, but it's something like the thing that annoys you and someone else is the thing you don't want to see in yourself. <laughs> yeah, which I think is uh, true a lot of the times, not all a lot the of time, the time. But yeah, yeah, not oh, 100%. absolutely. But I also think that the thing that we don't acknowledge in ourselves that causes us pain is the thing we assume about other people. I'm disappointed. I don't want to acknowledge that for myself. So I have this belief that if I do something, the other person will be disappointed. Hmm. And again, I think this goes back to a lot of confidence because I can say I probably don't deal with that a lot, but I can see that probably I used to. And I am sure everyone listening that you can overcome these things and that it will not uh, control your life. It will not poison your future relationships, but it all starts with awareness and intention. Oh, I'm loving this. So I just want to go through a really quick list of things that I've seen clients work through and struggling to get over a breakup is about not having control or management or understanding about our emotions. So I have seen a few things come up again and again in my coaching practice, and I just want to run through a list and then we'll wrap up. And I have a list of other episodes that I want to do with you. So (laughs) really quickly, (laughs) as far as emotions and learning from our emotions after a breakup goes, learning to self-soothe. I'm going to be doing a bunch of content about this next year. It is something that I've become super passionate about. That is something that you can learn after a breakup. Examining anxiety. Okay. I know how crippling anxiety can be, but I also know that we can overcome it, especially when it comes to dating and relationships. A breakup is a ripe time for looking at what makes you anxious and how you can Um, show up for yourself when you um, experience this. Examining feelings of excitement in new relationships and how it hurts or helps. This is my pattern. I get really excited when someone is interested in me and I, I don't do it anymore actually, but I do, I dive in. So did this show up in your relationship? 
And then how did things turn out? How can you throttle back in the future when you feel really excited about meeting someone new so that you can actually build something healthy? And along those lines, healthy communication. What can you learn about how you talk to other people and how you let people know your expectations and how you respond when they let you know theirs? Conflict resolution. This is something that I think so many adults are shit at. (laughs) After a breakup, (laughs) look at how you deal with conflict, devastation, sadness. How long have you been trying to get over your breakup? What happened when you first realized that the relationship was going to end? How much did it derail you? This is normal and it's human and it's natural, but it doesn't necessarily have to happen the next time you go through a breakup. Stress. I mean, breakups are stressful. Conflict is stressful. Um, How do you show up for yourself when you feel overwhelmed about life? How does it infect or affect (laughs) your relationships with other people? How can you do better? If you are going through a breakup, these are all things that you can learn. And you know what? We're at the end of the year. And if you can do this now, 2023 might be even better and your next relationship definitely will. So Lena, what did I miss when it comes to learning from emotions during a breakup? I don't think you missed anything. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Based on that list, I don't think you missed anything, but you did again, you fired something. I think we have to do a whole season. I don't think we're just doing like an episode here and there. (laughs) All right. But what what I'd like to, what I'd like to leave um, the conversation with is to, to reiterate in a, a different way, what you just said, all of this list, all of these ideas, all of this real good opportunity is for all of your listeners to do this work for themselves on themselves, right? And what I know is that the only relationship that we are guaranteed to be in till death do we part is the one we have with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So why not do everything that you can to make that a really loving, supportive, monogamous? (laughs) Only with yourself, people. I'm uh, (laughs) very poly-friendly on this show, but you are absolutely right. The relationship that you have with yourself is a thousand percent monogamous. And a thousand. And what I mean, what I mean by that, I know I'm teasing the list. I know, but, but I really, you're making a really good point, but I think sometimes it needs to be said because people hear things in different ways. So what that means is we can't keep looking to other people to validate us. Mm -hmm. We can only do that for ourselves. We can't look to other people to decide what our worth is we can only do that for ourselves. We cannot look to other people to provide the love that we deserve. We can only get that from ourselves. I believe that a thousand percent. And that is why I am so passionately in love with myself. That is why I love my own company. That is why I take myself on dates. And that is why I'm the happy, confident person that you see today. And I I know that everybody out there can, can have it. And I want everyone to know if you're kind of curious about what we've talked about today, 
both of us do one-on-one coaching. I am also passionate about that. That might be the, the word for the later end of the episode. Please hit me up on Instagram. Let me know that you're interested. I have a bunch of really cool packages. I know that anyone out there who's listening is capable of beating their breakup and having an amazing future. In fact, I think that you don't even know how great it's going to be. So please let me know that you'd like to work one-on-one and uh, Lena as well. Can you remind listeners where they can find you? They can find me on Instagram and Facebook at have more love Mm -hmm. and on my website, lenaerenberg.com. Great. I'm going to put all of this in the show notes. We're going to be on Instagram doing content together. So please come and hit us up. If you like this episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. And I'll see you next week, everyone. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to X-Files Podcast. I sincerely hope that you found today's episode inspirational or useful. I would love to support you on your healing journey. All you have to do is send me a message through the X-Files Instagram account, and I will personally be in touch to get you started. Remember, if you are struggling with a broken heart, your feelings are temporary. I am sending you so much love and luck for the week ahead. You've got this.